blessed to be able to do that. I want to say good morning to you. If I haven't personally got to greet you this morning, I wish that I could to do that for everybody. And if I didn't get to greet you, then come up and say something to me after this is over with. I want to greet uh, the people who are listening to us uh, by live stream. If you're driving back from the big game in Jacksonville, um, oh, what did y'all think I was talking about? That was, um, and, and you're listening by live stream. We're, we're glad that you're listening in and worshiping with us that way. Uh, I do want to encourage you, though, listen. Advent is just one of my favorite times of the year, and it starts next Sunday, and I'm so excited about it. We're doing some new things this year, adding some things in, starting a series in this worship service called You Are Here, about being fully present during every part of the journey leading to Christmas, okay? Just, just knowing what it is to be mindful every step of the way. And during the celebration service, Andy is going to be doing a, a, a series called uh, here comes heaven, and they're they're just going to take everything up a not all kinds of decorations, just uh, live characters coming wandering. When you say, "Well, we always have characters wandering around this place," but characters all dressed up in biblical characters, and so you might even want to double dip and go to both services. Uh, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be great. Two different series going on at the same time. Advent is going to be just really really full blast and i'm excited about it um but let's turn our attention this morning to deuteronomy chapter 30 uh, verses 11 through 20 this morning deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 11 through 20 surely this commandment that i am commanding you today is not too hard for you nor is it too far away it's not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to the other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish and shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My best, my best friend growing up was John, and uh, John and I had a lot of adventures together, and some of them I probably shouldn't talk about in church, but I'll just give you an example of one of the things that we used to do. 
somehow it seemed that our adventures always ended up with one of those sayings that went something like this. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Y'all ever have those friends? Okay, he's still my friend today, and we still get into adventures today. But i just give you one example. I, I grew up on a farm, and there were all kinds of places to run around and play for little boys on a farm. And we were probably in the first grade, maybe first or second grade, and we were playing out on the farm one day in near an old half-dried-up pond that was in a pasture that we had. It was, it was perfect. It, it was muddy. It was slimy. It had a, a tree that had fallen down in there. There were frogs, and there were just, it was, it was a perfect place for a boy that age to play. And we were playing down there. My dad saw us playing over by this old pond, and he said, boys, don't get in that pond. And we said, no, sir, we won't get in that pond. So we left, and we were playing in other areas, but the pond was beckoning to us. Come to us, play in us, you know, like dark shadows or something. To come unto me, you know. So we found ourselves creeping down by the pond again, and we were playing around it. And my friend John goes, hey, let's, let's go out on that old tree that's going out into the pond. And I said, but John, Dad said not to go out on that, not, not to get in the pond. He said, we won't be in the pond. We'll be on the tree. That made perfect sense to me. So we started out onto the tree, which was slippery and everything. And I'll bet you can guess the end of this story. We ended up right in that pond. Muddy, slimy. It was so, I mean, when you pick your feet up, it would, it would suck the shoe off the bottom of your foot. And, when, and we got out of that pond, and we walked back to the house like this, you know, with mud and slime and everything on it, knowing that when we got there, we were going to have to suffer the consequences of our poor decision-making not for the first time in our lives. But it seemed like a good idea at the time. And my point in all this is there are always choices that we make every single day, every moment, many times a day. And the choices that we make consistently turn into patterns. And patterns will fall into one of three different categories. They'll either be life-giving or destructive or sometimes just neutral, okay? Uh, neutral patterns are choices that we make, and we make them on a consistent basis, and they just become a way of life. And they're not life or death. It's just part of our ways, okay? Just, just kind of our way. It's kind of like, what side of the bed do you sleep on? Oh, that's not a life or death situation. It's just you get used to sleeping on this side, or you sleeping, or maybe you sleep with a leg kicked out, or sleep with a ceiling fan on, or or you have, or you hog all the covers. That could be life or death if you, if you, uh, you know, your partner gets too mad at you. But most of all, you know, what, uh, what flavor of ice cream do you like? When, you, when you put a new roll of toilet paper on the on the roller, do you roll it over the top or over the, under the bottom? Everybody's got their way. And it's pretty much just neutral choices, even to the point of what football team you support. Y'all, sometimes we make it into a life or death situation, but it's really not. Some people root for this one, some root for that one. It's really not. Like, it's more of a habit than anything else, but it's neutral, okay? 
it's just our ways. And some people like our ways and some people don't like our ways. But are neutral patterns is what they are. And then they're destructive patterns. These are choices that we make that if we continue to do them and we consistently do them and make them a pattern in our lives, they will end up taking us a place we don't want to go. They'll end up hurting us, maybe even destroying us, maybe even hurting the people around us. But it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yes, but Proverbs 14, 12 says there is a way that seems right and to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So we know that there are destructive patterns, but there are also the third category. There are life-giving patterns. These are patterns that we can develop when we make consistently good choices, choices that lead to the abundant life that the Lord wants for us all along. The abundant life he talks about in John 10.10 when he says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Choices. Go this way, go this way. That's what Moses was getting at this morning when he's coming to the end of his life in Deuteronomy 30, what we read earlier. He's he's not going to get to go into the promised land, but he's going to get to look into the promised land from from Mount Horeb, Mount Nebo, excuse me, from Mount Nebo. And he's going to be handing the leadership over to Joshua. But before he does all of that, he's got one final message he wants to give to the people. And he calls everybody together kind of for a, a last pep rally. And he encourages them in verse 19 to choose life that your children, you and your children may live. He encourages them. He can't make the choice for them any more than we can make the choice for somebody else in our lives. But he says, look, you've got a choice. God wants you to go this way. This is abundant life. This is blessings. This is close relationship with God. This is good, healthy life choices. And then there's another way. So choose life, he says. That's our acrostic today if you want to follow along the outline there's an insert that you find in your bulletin there if you're one of those that likes to fill in then this is our first one the l for life stands for look and listen to your lives what i mean by that is to give yourself space to give yourself space for quiet reflection to find a place where you can notice your own life patterns to be quiet enough to hear the holy spirit speak to you Most of the time, I have found that whether we're young or we're old, we keep so much noise going on around us and so much activity going on around us that we don't have time to stop and look and listen. We don't have time to not just do what we do, but to think about what we do. We don't have time. I want to ask you, where's your quiet spot? Is it taking a walk out in the woods? Is it sitting on your porch? Is it out on the water? Is it... Driving in your car, those times when you turn off the radio and everything and just listen. Is it your favorite chair in front of your favorite window when everything's quiet and it's just you and God? And you can listen to your life. So pay attention. Look and listen to your life. The I stands for inventory your choices and patterns. Inventory your choices and patterns. To literally ask yourself... Hey, what are, what are the good life-giving patterns that I have going on in my life right now? What are the good choices that I'm making on a consistent basis, and I make them enough that they kind of become part of my ways? What are the good things that bring life? 
and get you a piece of paper. And I'm, I'm serious about this. Literally write them down. Make an inventory. Make a shopping list, okay? Here are the good things that I've gone that are adding life to my life. Patterns of, of behavior, patterns of things that I do that are having a positive impact. And then hopefully that'll be a long list, right? And then hopefully a much shorter list. What are the destructive what are the destructive patterns that I see in my life right now? These these choices that I'm making on a consistent basis that have become part of the destructive patterns, the ones the ones that if I keep going that way, I'm really not going to like where that ends up. What are those patterns? It's hard to do, I know. As a matter of fact, it's so hard to do, it requires some help. Back in another church that I served, we had a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. It's a a Christian 12-step program for not just uh, drug addicts and alcoholics. It's anybody who has a hurt or a habit or a hang-up, which includes all of us, right? But on Monday nights, we'd gather together. We'd have a worship time together, and the men would break up into a small group, and the women would break up into another small group, and we would work through the the 12 steps and we would talk but what really what really was maybe the hardest step of all was step number four and step number four is this we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves I want to say that one more time we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves not an inventory of somebody else. We like to do that. Make a searching and moral fearless inventory of our enemy or something like that. But no, a searching moral and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. That's hard to do for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons it's hard to do is just we're just sometimes blind to our own stuff. We just can't see it. The truth is, I don't know the truth about me. Maybe in the way that I think I know the truth about somebody else. It's, it's just hard to, to know. I'll give you an example. If, if a person has just bad breath, who's the last person to know? That person, right? Everybody else is like, ooh, you need a Tic Tac. Or if a person is uh, singing off-key, Who's the last person to know? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all ever watch the Andy Griffith show? We got to watch it some this this weekend on MeTV. Just love it. Um, One of my favorite episodes is when Barney wants to sing in the choir. Y'all know that one? Barney wants to sing in the choir, and the choir director gets up there, and he's, now we're going to, welcome sweet springtime. And they start singing, and it's, oh, I mean, somebody is off choir director stops him and Barney goes up and says you know I've had some training in this and uh, I'll go around and I'll find out who's singing off key and he goes around and listening to everybody and they're welcome sweet springtime we greet thee in song okay who's the one singing off key it's Barney but he doesn't know it but everybody else knows it And guess what? We're Barney when it comes to our own stuff. We're Barney. We're looking at everybody else. Another thing that 
hinders us in making this fearless and searching moral inventory is that we know that it hurts to do so and we uh, we tend to avoid pain don't we I think about um, our inventory of our our life our soul and I picture it, it as a metaphor of a house and um, if you think about your life as, as, as a house, there are some people that are never going to, they're never going to get into the house, okay? They're, they may not even get onto the front porch. You may stop them at the end of the yard, okay? Uh, but there are some people that you're acquainted with. You may, you're not really good friends, but you're acquainted. Maybe they get to, I'm talking, I'm not talking about your real house. I'm talking about you. There's some people that they'll get in the front door, but maybe they get taken over to the formal living room, you know, the one that you keep, all nice and clean in case the preacher comes calling you can bring them in there y'all know what I'm talking about just that one room that's all clean in case but then there are your friends they're going to get to come right to the kitchen and you're not really even going to care if there's dirty dishes in there because they know you and they know it's okay anyway they're going to love you anyway and you're going to get to sit down you're going to get to drink coffee they'll get up and go pour their own coffee because they know you know what I mean Um, those people And then there are your really good friends, maybe your best friend, that'll go with you down in the basement. Now, remember, I'm not talking about your house. I'm talking about you. That'll go down in the basement where there's cobwebs, and it's kind of scary, and you're not even really sure what all's down there because you don't go down there very much. But they'll hold your hand, and they'll go down in the basement. But there's that one room in the basement you don't even take your best friend in but every now and then you'll open the door in there and then there's a box in that room that even you're scared to take the lid off now what I'm talking about when I say a courageous moral inventory I'm talking about telling the truth to yourself and to God and to at least one other person who's going to walk through this with you and open all the doors, take the lid off of all the boxes. Have somebody who's willing to walk with you and to not judge you, but still not co-sign on all your junk. The psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense in me, offensive way in me, and lead me to the way everlasting. F in life is find an accountability partner. That's the person I was talking about who, who will walk with you, go down in the basement, look in all the boxes. For David, Psalmist David's life, it was the prophet Nathan. See, David was king, and the king could do pretty much what he wanted to do. And one of the things that David did was bad. Of course, you know in Second Samuel, Samuel, he took Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and and he got her pregnant and then he tried to cover it up and then he had her husband Uriah killed so he was just going on I mean who was going to say anything to him he was king or he thought but then in chapter 12 the prophet Nathan comes up and says I got a story to tell you and he tells him a story about this rich man who has many many flocks but who takes the one precious little lamb that his poor neighbor has And he takes that lamb from him and he slaughters it because he has guests coming and he wants to feed it to him. And David gets so angry and he says, who is that man? Who is that man? I'll make sure that justice is served. 
And Nathan points at him and says, you are the man. You are the man. So let me ask you a question. Who is your Nathan? Who, who is that person who will speak the truth to you even when it hurts? Who is that person that when you say, well, I don't understand why I'm always broke, who will say, well, it's because you've got a pattern of making poor spending choices with your money. That's why you're always broke. We all need a Nathan in our lives. And then the E for the acrostic for life stands for every choice gets tested. Every choice gets tested. What is the test that we give it? Well, we ask it, okay, what category does this fall into? Is this neutral or is this life-giving or is this destructive? Is this choice going to bring life to me or is this choice going to take life away from me? Am I going to like what I find at the end of this road if I keep going down this path? I want to close by using what Moses said when he closed on that day. I set before you life and death. Now choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live, so that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we do have a choice, that you have offered us life. It's a gracious gift. It's a gift we didn't earn. But you've given us that choice. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember that even if we have made some bad choices, even if we've gone down some bad roads, that you allow U-turns today that we can come back and say, okay, I see now. I choose life. In Jesus' name, amen. Number 536 is our closing hymn. 536, precious name. As we stand and sing together, if you have something you would like to come and pray about, then we'll be standing right down here. We'll pray with you. You can pray by yourself. Or we can just stand and sing this together. 536.